Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. Hi Tribers, welcome back to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Today I'm joined by Penelope Silver, and what a journey she has had to endure. Penelope was married to a millionaire and along with it came that millionaire lifestyle, but it was a toxic relationship and she fled in the middle of the night with her two daughters. She claimed back her power and now is a multi-award winning healing accredited life purpose coach and well-being coach who empowers women to start their own healing journey. In this podcast episode, Penelope shares why as women, it's crucial that we heal ourselves, how we can overcome the high internal expectations we set for ourselves and the importance of chakras what they mean, and what we can do to heal each one. This is a beautiful episode and one perfect for now. Hi Penelope, thank you so much for joining us today on the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Can you just share your story with our Smart Girl Tribe audience, please? I am a uh, Reiki master, a miracle mentor, a life purpose coach, uh, you name it, meditation teacher, do all sorts of things. Um, and uh, basically, I came to do all these things about three years ago um, because of quite a long healing journey that I'd been on for about the past 13 and a half years. So I was in a very um, toxic marriage. And I left that in the middle of the night with the two kids, uh, with nothing else other than the pajamas on our back and um, basically started again from scratch. Um, So I had to go on benefits. Um, What else did I have to do? All sorts of things. I was was, um, referred to the Freedom Programme, which really, really helped me because I I had very, very low self-esteem at the time. Um, I had no confidence. The doctor, within a four-minute conversation, wanted to put me on antidepressants. And as I walked out the door, I thought, this is only going to mask what's going on underneath. It's not going to get to the core of what is going on inside me. Um, And so I went in search of, of, of alternative therapies. So the, the doctor referred me to the Freedom Programme, which is a domestic violence uh, course. Um, and then I also tried um, EFT, which is Emotional Freedom Technique, which is tapping. And basically the reason why I tried that was because um, if you've ever experienced a narcissistic relationship, you you basically like a shell of your former self and you um you don't you don't know who you are anymore so someone might tell you this is black and um you you would you would believe that it was white if somebody else told you to so you don't know yourself you don't know what your favorite color is your favorite restaurant your favorite tv tv program anything like that because a lot of people pleasing tendencies sort of come into it as well to sort of try and keep the peace so um 
I was in a real mess. I couldn't drive through. I, I live in um, Cheshire and um, near a village called Audley Edge. And basically um, that was where my life had been built. And um, because of the anxiety that I'd built up in myself, I couldn't go um, to the village. I could. It got to the point where it was really bad. Where So it started off that I couldn't drive through it and I couldn't go near it. And then it was, I couldn't talk about it or I couldn't even think about it with it. I got physical symptoms of actually violently shaking. And then I started vomiting as well. And my parents were at their wits end. Um, so they sent me off um, to see the lady who ended up training me um, for a couple of sessions of EFT. And what we did, we didn't actually talk about the whole the marriage crumbling and the divorce and that kind of thing it was just literally on the subject of the village and within about two or three sessions um i'd had three sessions so i think they were about an hour and a half each and then the following day my parents took me to old Liège for lunch and what i didn't realize was that when i got up in the morning it didn't cross my mind when I was having my shower, it didn't cross my mind. When I was getting dressed and putting my makeup on, didn't really, there was nothing going on. Got in the car, drove all the way there, feeling nothing, got out of the car, went into the, the restaurant um, and felt nothing. Um, and it was only when, um, without going into too much personal detail, but there was an issue with an ex-best friend who had done was with my ex-husband and she walked past the restaurant window and I literally felt nothing and that's when I had this aha moment that I wanted to help other women the way that I'd been helped because what I realized was that okay things had happened and it's it was you know awful that the marriage had broken down and this that and the other but the the rest of it was me it was stuff that I was creating in my own head the emotions I was holding on to I wasn't letting them go and it was me that was building them up building them up building them up and, and making me have these physical symptoms so but it works for anything so you know it could be like bereavement or if you want to stop smoking or lose weight or you want to perform better at work or things like that um, so that was my first aha moment and then the other thing that happened as well was that, um, so uh, when I used to get um, emails from my ex, generally about the divorce or things to do with the children's custody and things like that, I used to um, get really bad sort of a nervous, churning, sicky feeling um, sort of in my upper stomach area, which is the solar plexus area. And um, somebody else recommended me to go and have Reiki. So I had a few sessions of that and all those feelings disappeared as well. But it's, they do something slightly different to the, to the EFT. So um, they're, they're totally different treatments. And, and I would say that the, the Reiki is much, much more relaxing. You generally fall asleep um, and it's, it's very restful. Um, so again, that was something else I wanted to use. Um, I tried all sorts of different things. The, the doctor had referred me for counselling as well. So um, I was in counselling for like two and a half years and that didn't sit well with me at all. It wasn't something 
I know you don't enjoy these things, but it wasn't a pleasant experience for me. I had to go every Friday morning to the hospital and rehash the story of why I'd left. Um, and it, what I felt was I was very frustrated and I felt stuck and I still felt like I was every Friday I was going back to that toxic energy and not moving forward. And then I got really into meditation. And within two weeks of me starting meditating, what I would say heavily. So I was meditating twice a day and I started very slowly with sort of three minute meditations, then five, then 10. And I really built it up to, to like where I could do an hour. Um, but what I would say it was, I wasn't completely clearing my head. It was guided meditations. Um, within two weeks of doing that, the counselor signed me off and said, I can't believe the difference in you. You know, you're so much more positive. You've got a clear direction of where you want to go with your life and this, that, and the other. Um, and I had taken on a new fantastic job. So things were going really, really well for me. Um, so went back into the corporate world. I was a project manager. And I started working really crazy hours. So um, I was doing my normal part of my job in the office during the day, creating all the projects and things like that. And then at night, because the projects were out of hours, I'd then go home and have to manage them through the night and at the weekends as well. So it meant that I was doing like kind of 18, 20 hour days. And I know that sounds silly because as an entrepreneur, we, we generally, when we're starting out and we're building our business, we're happy to do that. It's slightly different when you're doing it for somebody else, I think. Um, but yeah, so it, it was getting to the point where I had pretty much no life. Um, so we were achieving, the girls and I, uh, we've been on our own for 13 and a half years now, and we were achieving but we weren't living. So I would have them at school, you know, before school club at sort of seven, half seven in the morning, would break my neck to try and get to them for half six to pick them up. Then it'd become home. And then it would be this like regimented routine of um, tea, homework, spellings, whatever they were learning in a play or, you know, the piano or whatever it was. And, you know, this thing sort of regimented routine till nine o'clock when I would get them into bed and then I would start working through the night again. So what actually happened, I mean, the other side of it, the payoff was I was earning a lot of money. So, you know, that was the, that was the payoff. Um, and it, and we had a nice life. Um, but basically, so the Chris, the November before 2000, November, 2016, I got made redundant from my job like totally out the blue, no verbal warning, written warning, and my whole world crumbled. And I sat there for two weeks and I felt very sorry for myself, felt like a victim and um, drank a lot of gin and tonic and cried. Um, and then I sort of started to feel a bit better and I thought, right, I, I, mum was sort of pecking my head going, you're a single mum, you need to go out, you've got bills to pay, you need to pay your rent and support your kids and you need to go out and get another job straight away. And I realised that I didn't want to go back to what I was doing. Um, now a little, just going back a little bit. So when I was a project manager, um, we had, the, there was a programme, like a training programme that we had to interview for and it was called Leaders of the Future. And I think there was a hundred of us that applied for it and there was only 10 places. 
and I won one of the places on the course and I was so excited I thought this is it this is going to catapult my career I'm going to go up the career ladder with this um, and sort of you know achieve everything that I wanted to achieve and on the first day of the course we had to do like one of these psychometric tests a bit like a Myers-Briggs thing and basically at the end of the test it said that I was in the wrong job and that I shouldn't be a project manager, but I should be a healer. Mm-hmm. And I got this piece of paper and I slid it across the table. I was trying to hide it from my manager because deep down, I knew that was right. And she knew that was right. And I shouldn't have been in the job. So and I think I found the job a lot harder than other people did. I think just because it didn't deep down didn't resonate with me. So I'm back to 2016 before Christmas. And I'm thinking, right, what do I do? And then I just thought, this is the universe giving me a kick up the backside. And this is my golden opportunity to do what I really want to do. So I started my holistic business from scratch, had no no clients, nothing. And I have built it to what it is today. And I won um, Outstanding Holistic Therapist of the Year I think that was in 2017. And then I won a special commendation for best health and well-being company as well, I think the year after. So it's been a, a journey, but I have loved every second of it. And the only thing that I can say is that three and a half years later, I still jump out of bed every day and absolutely love what I do. It lights me up. And you have done amazingly well, Penelope. Now you're obviously a life coach and Reiki master. Can you just explain to our audience what each role entails? So um, with Reiki, um, Reiki is hands-on energy healing. So I channel universal Reiki energy down through my crown chakra, into my heart chakra, and then out through my arms, um, hands and fingertips. Um, and it's it's all about intention. So I, I set the intention of where I want the Reiki to go, what I want it to do. I work intuitively. Um, I I work with a, a range of clients. When I did my Reiki training, I, I trained in a, a, a cancer center. Uh, so I, I treat a lot of cancer patients. Um, it gives them a, a lot of... Um, relief and helps them relax from what they're going through but it also helps them feel more accepting of what is going on as well um and then i um work with fertility clients so i help um, my ladies get into the best possible state of well-being before they either conceive naturally or through ivf last year i had three i got three ladies pregnant not me personally, but <laughs> it's physically impossible. <laughs> but yeah, I was I helped with that. So um, yeah, that that's an amazing side of you know it's wonderful when the babies arrive and I think one arrived about three or four weeks ago, a little girl, so Cleo. Um, and then I work a lot with really stressed business women as well, so female entrepreneurs, but also a lot of HR directors, um, solicitors, doctors, things like that. Um, who live the life that I used to live. So that really high-paced, stressed lifestyle. Um, and basically what I do is with the Reiki, I hold the space for them so that they can, they can relax and, and, and um, 
sort of reignite their own healing from within because when you're so stressed and you're in that fight or flight kind of mode you can't access your own healing um so yeah it's beautiful um i i do i try to so i what i've done it with my sort of reiki package i call it a reiki experience is i've taken all the things that i love over the years and sort of combined them into one so um i start with stroking the feet with hot mitts and essential oils so when the client comes in i ask them what their top three emotions are for the day and then i match the essential oils up um for that for an extra layer of support um and then they get all on the bed and they're all cocooned in fluffy duvets with big fluffy pillows and heated bed and everything so it's all lovely and warm and cozy and um do a guided visualization and then the reiki but then at the end we also have like a mini coaching session so i i explain what i've found so i'm clairvoyant and i'm clairsentient as well so i pick things up whilst i'm doing the reading at the readings the the uh, treatments and then i feed that back to the client and then make suggestions of how they can stay balanced in between treatments um, and that's how I got into the coaching side of it as well because I realized that I was doing more and more of that coaching um, so I went and trained I, I trained as a life coach a law of attraction coach and as a life purpose coach as well um, and I, I, I love doing all that as well it's amazing so um, helping like I've found what I call my icky guy, which is my life purpose. It's what lights me up. Um, I love helping other ladies do that as well. You are, Penelope, a multi-award winning healer. And that's a topic I would really love to dive into more. Why is it important for women in particular to heal themselves? What does healing mean? So um, I think I didn't really know what healing was when i started my own healing journey i didn't even know that i needed healing i i just um was going through life sort of stumbling would i say stumbling through life going from one drama to the next and being kind of on autopilot um so for me it's bringing you back to that sort of that that consciousness and i think as well that um a lot of the the stuff for me started from childhood. I mean, when I, um, when I was, I was at primary school and, um, I still feel embarrassed to say this, but apparently <laughs> I was so clever that they, um, they had to put me ahead a year ahead on my work. And then I did that and they had to put me another year ahead. So they called my parents in and they said, we can't do any more for her if you thought about private school, which my parents hadn't. But they sent me to private school when I was seven. And that's where everything changed for me. Um, because I'd gone from being top of the class or two years ahead of myself to going and a much bigger class as well of kids to go. I think there was like nine kids in my class at private school where they'd all grown up together as well from, from kindergarten, from being about three, I don't know, what kindergarten is three four five and so I then found it really hard to make new friends and I lost all my self-confidence and self-esteem and that's where it started to sort of snowball for me um and then I became a bit of a loner and then started people pleasing and things like that and I think that's why I've had 
sort of um, not just in my personal life um gone for sort of relationships that have been toxic but i've noticed the patterns in other areas of my life as well so for me the healing is that um you come to recognize that those things have happened and that the the, the patterns are repeating themselves and it's becoming consciously aware that you want to change that and then learning the steps finding the tip you know the tips tools or techniques that work for you because it's going to be different for everybody I, I very much say to people that you know a lot of the stuff that I teach some of it will resonate with you some of it won't so just take what you want and leave the rest because and then come back to it because at some point it might resonate with you more um so yeah it's I think just working out what it is that's going on and, and then making that decision to actually heal it and finding the best way to heal it for you. You help successful women overcome the high internal expectations that we set for ourselves. Where do you think these expectations come from? Do you think maybe the media plays a role, films, magazines? Oh, sure. Um, and, and again, so what I see with my clients um, and actually this this crops up with with the you know my clients that come for the coaching side of it the reiki but also um the fertility side of it as well uh, there's there's one particular um story that stuck in my head where you know you you get to be in school and you're told that you could have done better or it's not good enough and so then you know you create you know, sort of perfectionist tendencies. You want to always do better and better and better. But what that ends up doing is it can end up actually stifling you um, because you become paralyzed because you don't have the fear that you're not going to be good enough or you're going to fail. So I know in my own situation and even on this entrepreneurial journey that I haven't been on that long, now I'm that bit further on. I can see that three years ago, I, I didn't do a lot of the stuff I could have done because out of fear, um, but also I think um, with the media, I don't watch TV, I don't watch the news, I don't really read magazines. Um, so I don't really, I can't really personally comment on that side of it. The only thing that I can comment on is that um, when I was younger, I grew up watching Disney Princess and I used to love them. And I call it the, the Disney effect where I realized recently that I'd grown up with this ideal of what I thought love and life should be like and that I needed Prince Charming to come along and sweep me off my feet and rescue me. And I can see now that that sort of, that low self-esteem vibe that I was in, that, that energy, and maybe subconsciously I created situations that I needed rescuing from. Um, so I think what I've realized now after all this time and especially being a single mum for 13 and a half years and running my own business and being the sole breadwinner is that I don't need rescuing. But at the same time, I would still like to spend my life with somebody. But I think that um, if I do meet somebody now, it'll be on a totally different energy. Completely. And can you, can you explain what mindfulness and meditation are and maybe the difference between them? So, um, yeah. So mindfulness is, there's different types of mindfulness. So you can do a waking mindfulness meditation. So that could be something like while you're walking or doing the chores in the house. Like I, I'd like to practice mindfulness when 
um, I'm doing the washing up or even eating. So it's actually focusing your whole attention on what you're doing rather than what without me trying to stereotype people but me in particular would have been um guilty of doing is doing multitasking and doing like 40 things at once you know I'll be maybe talking to the kids doing something on my laptop cooking the tea doing all these things so it's it's focusing in on one thing or when you're doing, you know, like a mindfulness body scan or things like that, it's focusing on each different individual part of the body and, you know, um, noticing what's going on there. Is there any tension that you're holding on to and then setting the intention to relax it? Um, other types of meditation. Um, so like I say, I, I, I generally don't do the ones where I try and completely clear my head. I find that really difficult. I'm somebody who generally has a very busy mind and I accept that. Um, so I like to do meditations where I do uh, repeat mantras. Um, I, I really love those ones. Um, but then I love as well doing guided meditations. Um, I record, create and record my own guided meditations and visualizations as well. Um, so, you know, the, the meditations can be for anything that you want. It might be pain relief. It may be, um, you know, stress relief or, you know, release anxiety or, you know, maybe you want to visualize your future, things like that. So they they are slightly different. Mm -hmm. And is there anything else you do other than meditation, Penelope, such as breathing exercises, plant baths, crystals, etc.? So um, I do a lot of stuff. <laughs> So um, before we went into lockdown, uh, the clinic that I work at in Alderley that has a, a beautiful heated studio, yoga studio downstairs. So once a month, I used to hold breathwork classes there. I'm not a breathwork facilitator myself. I used to bring someone in, but I absolutely love breathwork. I fell in love with it about a year ago um, and couldn't believe that even though I've done so much work on myself over the years, that there was stuff being released, like deep-seated stuff. Don't know where it was coming from, but it was definitely coming out. Um, and I also love, I love the way that it makes me feel and all the patterns and colours and things that I see with that. Um, so I love doing that. I um, I'm in an advanced EFT practitioner, so I do a, a lot of the tapping. I am mad about essential oils. So um, they're great for, I put the essential oils on my hands before I do the tapping. So that adds an extra layer. Um, what else do I do? I do all sorts of stuff. Um, I, I'm, I'm not a crystal teacher or anything like that, but I have um, a chakra alignment academy so within that we do um i do the teaching and the, the coaching around each chakra i do the guided meditation we do the eft i do affirmations and mantras um then i teach about the essential oils and then i teach about the crystals for each different um chakra and then yoga poses to balance each chakra out as well so yeah i mean I teach, I teach about how to do a full moon ritual, a new moon ritual. Uh, I used to make my own products as well, so bath salts and things like that. Um, do all sorts of stuff. 
Wow. And let's get into the juice, Penelope. Let's talk about chakras. Can you explain how many we have, what they each mean, and if everyone does have chakras? We definitely do all have chakras. Um, we have seven major chakras, um, but I think there's I think there's actually 114, it's either 112 or 114 in the body, so there's minor ones as well. Um, but the main ones that most people will know are the root chakra, which is the colour red, which is um, sort of in between your legs at your tailbone. Um, then the and that's that's all to do with um, security and feeling safe and feeling grounded. Um, and then the next one up is your sacral chakra, which is sort of above your pubic bone and below your belly button. And that's all to do with uh, relationships and creativity as well. And that's the color orange. And then you move up to above your belly button and sort of under your diaphragm. So you've got your solar plexus. Uh, this is the one with me that goes absolutely crazy all the time. Um, so that's the color yellow. And that is where you, it's your, your sort of your powerhouse, your area of self-worth. Um, and then we move up to a heart chakra, which is around the center of your chest. Um, and that's the color green. And this is where those sort of people pleasing tendencies can come in. And I think if anybody wonders whether you have chakras, if you have ever met somebody and fallen in love and you feel it in your heart, that's your heart chakra expanding and opening. And then when you have your heart broken, it feels like you've been stabbed in the chest and everything shuts down um, and you kind of you kind of block yourself off to, to, to new love. Um, and then we move up to the throat chakra, which is what we've been working on this week. And that's all about speaking your truth. Um, that's the color blue and then um, the third eye chakra obviously in between just above sort of in between your eyebrows and that's your area of intuition and then we have the crown chakra as well which is our connection to source and that's where we do a lot of our overthinking as well how can chakras create balance for our physical mental spiritual and even emotional well-being so it <laughs> It, I think what my students have been finding out is that you can, that when I'm teaching them about what um, balanced energy looks like, imbalanced energy, you sort of deficient energy and excess energy, they, they're quite surprised that you can experience both, you know, at the same time within a chakra. So what we're trying to achieve is, is alignment and balance, but we're not always going to be in that state. And when you get to that enlightened state, you're like someone like mother Teresa. And I, I know I'm, I'm definitely not quite there yet. <laughs> um, so it, you can experience different things. Like when your root chakra is out of balance, it can knock the other ones out of balance as well. So for example, like with your root chakra, you may have um, consistent debt and things like that if that's out of balance and then that can have knock on things to your relationship and your self-esteem and things like that um, so it's just um, learning the ways that you can different things that you can do either through meditation or yoga or reiki or even food you eat and, and crystals you can use to help bring those into balance how can we work out if one of our chakras is out of balance if we're not experts in this 
So I, I like to do this with, um, with meditation. So going within and, and, and checking in with your energy and getting, and getting used to your intuition and trusting yourself again. So I, I teach uh, my students to sort of imagine the area where the chakra is and, 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 and in the mind's eye, look at it and say, is it, is it small? Is it dim? Is, is that energy ball looking like big and radiant? Are there any cracks, tears or anything like that? Um, and, and really get used to tuning into that. And then noticing as well, like, um, like for me, my solar plexus, it's that nervous churning, sicky feeling. I guess you would have experienced it either when you're excited, you get butterflies. So that's a positive experience going on there. Whereas when it's the other side, it's that, it's that horrible nervous sort of wearing feeling. Okay. And for anyone who is completely skeptical, what would you say to them? The skeptics are the best. <laughs> I love them the best. I had, I had one, um, one guy, he came in and he said, um, he said, oh, I haven't slept for five years. And I was like, wow, God, I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. And I said, oh, you're definitely not going to sleep today then, are you? And he was like, no, no, I'm not. And literally he got on the bed. And by the time I'd got from, from the, the crown chakra to his third eye, he was snoring his head off. So I, I love that. And, and then what, they, what, what people really um, kind of, they're sort of shocked with is when I can sort of say to them, oh, so, um, you know, uh, there's family stuff going on or there's this going on or you know um I can feel that you've got stuff going on with your job or this that and the other and then and, and then the other one is when I see things and then I describe the image to them and that completely freaks them out <laughs> and what can we do ultimately to realign our chakras if one is out of balance what can we do then so it depends which one's out of balance really so um for example if it's your root chakra I would say go outside, do some gardening, take a walk in nature, um, maybe eat root vegetables, use a crystal like um, red carnelian, something like that, a, um, essential oil, something like frankincense, which is nice and grounding. Um, just depends which one it is really. Um, but meditation I love and, you know, you can even do the tapping for the chakras as well um to tap through the, the colors of the chakras um and do it that way to bring them if, back into balance if one of our chakras is out of balance and we want to put in the work to almost heal ourselves how long do you think it takes penelope to start feeling or for that chakra to then become unblocked well it different is different from person to person um I, I normally, with the Reiki side of it, I normally say to people, have three, um, three treatments once a week for the first three weeks and then see how you go. They will definitely, you'll see a difference after the first treatment. And, and by the third, I would be hoping that they would be feeling a lot, lot better. And then I leave it up to them. I want them to sort of, again, tap into their own intuition and listen to their body and their energy. And they would then come back and tell me when they need another one. But let's say you've got something really, really heavy, traumatic going on in your life. Um, you may need more. Whereas then, you know, people who have been to see me for a while, they, they either come once a month or 
the best thing for me is when they don't come back because I know that they're they're in a really good place and and they don't need me anymore so it's it's different from person to person I mean for me personally I go every week because um especially when I'm treating clients and things like that even though I do Reiki on myself every day I still like to go and be cleared by somebody else can you talk us through your morning or evening routines or even both Penelope I can so I have a caveat to this that I would like to say before I start is that I'm single so <laughs> I, I have the time to do all this I'm sure if I had a partner half of this would do or all of it would go out the window <laughs> um, so I'm an early riser um, so I wake at five naturally in the morning and then I'm out of bed for quarter to six um, so I get up it, well no while I'm still in bed I meditate so I, I do a, a different sort of a pattern of meditation where I, I do um, my mantras and then I'll do a bit of visualization. I'll do forgiveness, um, gratitude. Um, and then I come downstairs, either make a black coffee or a cup of tea. And I, um, I do my goal setting and my affirmations. Um, I'll do some yoga. Um, what else will I do? Oh, I do my oracle cards. Um, and then um, I sit down and I do I do work. Um, but then in the evening, I I like to. I'm quite in a routine with when I go to bed. Um, so I go up. I I do my yoga in the evening. I go upstairs, do some reading, and then I'll meditate again. And then uh, the last thing I ask before I go to sleep is what else is possible. Um, so, and then my brain works throughout the night to sort of uh, bring new ideas to me. And if I gave you Penelope an empty suitcase and I said, you have to fill it with your go-to products for your overall well-being to maintain that healthy well-being, that strong well-being, if you like, what would you put in there? Uh, my supplements for a start, they literally i i was really skeptical when i first started using them i wasn't entirely sure that they worked but i i can see a physical difference like when i run out of them let's say i've not had them for two weeks my energy levels drop really down um so that would be that um it's not quite a product but an eye mask i can't sleep without an eye mask i like everything to be really really dark um i would say um I, my essential oils, I have so many essential oils. Um, I use spikenard for when I'm meditating. So I put that on my third eye. Frankincense is outstanding. Rose, I actually even wear as my perfume now. Um, so yeah. Um, oh, and I love my, a bar, a, a, I don't know if you say it. How do you say it? A bargy, a bargy skincare range. What supplements do you use? So they, they're the, they're the, the range of, am I allowed to say what yeah. the name is? Yeah. Okay. So basically what happened when I started my practice, I wanted to use the best products that I could in my treatments. And I did a lot of research around essential oils. Um, and I tried loads and loads of different ranges and even went to India 
and sourced our own beautiful oils from India and they were not a patch on the ones that I chose. So the ones I chose were doTERRA and there's a couple of reasons why I love them. It's because of the way that they are distilled. Um, so they are the purest ones I believe on the market, but they're also made by doctors and clinical aromatherapists. And that's really important to me because I have a dental background from university. Um, so having it backed up by science is massively, massively important to me. So even though the rose one that I wear, I, I, I actually wear, I still have the one that I imported from India in the rose, but the rest of them are all doTERRA and they're absolutely amazing oils. So I use their supplements as well. So that's the cellular vitality complex, the food nutrient complex and the essential oil complex. And I, I don't even take the full amount of the full dosage of them. I take half of it and they work wonders for me. They really, really do. Okay. And what is your best wellness advice, Penelope? Sleep, hydrate. I'm not going to tell you anything new. I'm really sorry. I, I told, my core things are um, get enough sleep and good quality sleep. Hydrate. I, I have an app on my phone to make sure that I drink enough water because I wasn't drinking enough water. And I, I thought I was, I had, was getting arthritis. And basically what I realized was that once I started hydrating properly, all those pains went away. Um, so that, uh, yoga, yoga, I love it. I, I used to have a personal trainer five times a week and I was really, really into it. And, you know, eating my macros and having meals six times a day and all these kind of things. Um, and it's just yoga for me because it does so much on a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual level. And it also cleanses all the toxins out of your body as well. It's great for your skin and your hair and your flexibility and your strength. So for me, that's just like it. It's just the best thing ever. And then meditation. <laughs> I love that. And what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by? So it's actually, it was given to me by my counsellor when she signed me off and it, she put it on the, on the letter that she wrote me and it's now the, it's the mantra of my business and it's on the back of my business cards and it says, may every sunrise hold more promise, may every sunset hold more peace. Finally, Penelope, what books or podcasts would you recommend to our audience? Uh, well, obviously, apart from your own, <laughs> um, I I love Goop. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow's one. I, I love listening to that. Um, books. What am I reading at the moment? I am reading. Well, I'm not reading it. I literally just got it. It is Laura Day, The Circle, How the Power of a Single Wish Can Change Your Life. Well, thank you so much, Penelope. You've shared so much. And you really are an expert in this field and especially considering where you come from to where you are now. It's such an inspiring story and I know it's going to motivate and encourage so many of our listeners. Oh, I hope it does because I know when, when I was starting out and I, I felt like I was a failure or I didn't know anything or I'd never amount to anything or be good enough. Um, you know, if you just keep going at it, you really will get there. But the, I'll tell you my secret, you have to do the work. 
take inspired action. Like I teach vision board classes. And like I say to my students, I'm like, you can stick a picture up there and you can look at it all day long. But if you don't take the inspired action behind it, it's never going to happen. No, completely. I'm completely on board with that. Well, thank you so much for your time today. It was amazing to chat to you. And I've got no doubt that I will be in touch soon and we'll probably collaborate further, Penelope. I've got absolutely no doubt. But again, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful.